What's up, my good peoples? Welcome to the Be Transformed podcast, where we're talking about ideas that stimulate wholesome thinking into identity, purpose, vision, and action. I am James Anderson, and with me is Logan Eaton. What's up, bro? Not much. What's going on? <laughs> Beautiful. Man, we are back with some goodness. I know it's been a hot second, but um, we've been busy, busy working it out. Extremely. Um, extremely working it out real good. Um, yeah, so just a little history. We've been uh, at the beginning of the year, 2021, we said it was the year of the will. And your will is a mental faculty. It's your ability to accept or reject any idea. It's also your ability to exert energy to accomplish something or to restrain yourself from doing something. So essentially, your will is your ability to be who you were created to be and to stay in that lane. It's also your ability to exert discipline uh, to achieve your vision and restrain yourself from things that distract and detract. So your will is freaking the jam. And it's, you know, it's like a muscle, right? I mean, it's, it's something that you have to develop. And, you know, when you think about working out for the first time or it's been a long time, uh, the only way to gain uh, strength is to start small. And with consistency and repetition over time, you develop that strength. And so... <clears throat> We were talking about the will and in the beginning of the year and specifically, you know, talking about imposing your vision on your life, not, not necessarily like imposing things on other people, but the things that you keep envisioning, the things you want to do, you want to create, you want to build these things, right? You gotta, you, you, you need to start putting action, um, towards those things if you want to actually make them happen. And, you know, so since, well, I don't know, there was like three or four podcasts we did in the beginning of the year, and then really it kind of took the rest of the late winter and spring to kind of really walk that message out. Um, you know, me and my wife and my family, you know, we were just kind of, we just kind of felt like we were spinning the wheels, you know, we were, we were kind of going through the motions, and it's just like, we wanted new results and we're like, we, I kept, we, we kept running this like cycle, you know, every, it would be about every week to every two weeks we'd get together and we're just like, what the heck are we doing with our lives? And, um, and the problem was, you know, we we're just doing the same thing the same way and we we're getting the same results. We had desire for greater results, but, um, you know, some of the efforts that we were doing to, to kind of push, be transformed, uh, into the community, things just weren't really gaining traction and whatnot. And yeah, we knew if we didn't make some kind of drastic change, it was going to end up just like any other year. And so we weren't really into that. And in one of the podcasts, we talked about like a, a key uh, to the year of the will. And it was that you had to commit to something outside yourself if you really wanted to succeed. Because sometimes just like saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that, it doesn't necessarily kind of 
give you the motivation or keep you accountable. But like you had to do something kind of like big. And um, so for us, man, we shut down our business and then we went on this like one month trip out west. We were living in Ohio and we went all the way out to uh, Utah. And along the way, we were just stopping by different places where we knew people and who had organizations and we were just kind of looking for a new opportunity. And so it was our very last stop and um, we met up with these people and, you know, where I was just asking them questions and, you know, kind of looking for like, you know, just kind of seeing like, oh, what do you guys need? What are you guys looking for? And, and they were kind of talking about the kind of people they were looking for. And I was just thinking to myself, I was like, I'm pretty sure the people you, you're looking for is me and the people I'm looking for is you. And so, yeah, so we ended up hooking up with these people, you know, we went back to Ohio, sold our house and uh, bam, moved out here. So now me and Logan, we got our first um, long distance podcast cooking. Cross country, is, yeah. Yeah, cross country, which is epic. Totally, yeah. Mastering the airwaves. <laughs> A couple of states between us. <laughs> totally. So, yeah. So today we're going to talk a little bit about kind of... Uh, we're going to get into this book <clears throat> and um, called As a Man Thinketh by uh, James Allen. And... Really, you know, it's like this book is all about thoughts and how uh, the thoughts you think affect your life. They affect your the circumstances. They affect your health. They affect, you know, the uh, your environment. Your thoughts just kind of affect everything, right? So as a man thinketh is from the proverb that says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he becomes... And so the whole book is kind of just based off that. And, you know, it's got kingdom principles riddled throughout. And, uh, yeah, it's a sweet book. But it's like the the reason why um, we're looking at this book is because for the – it's really important that all of us grow and develop and become mature. Like this is like, it's necessary. And th this is the message that, uh, that we have and that we teach, you know, that, that we're created to manifest the kingdom of heaven on earth. We're created to do things that, that will propel, um, yeah, people forward. We're, we're after, affecting change and having influence in society. And, um, and it was interesting as we were driving across country, moving from Ohio to Colorado, um, there, there were these signs and I, I don't mean to be crazy, but like there was these signs and, and, you know, they were like, just trust in Jesus. And they were like, do you know, you know, where are you going to spend eternity? And I was just, you know, I was just thinking, about that that message. I mean, we've all heard that message. We've probably all been taught that message. And um, <laughs> somebody must have had a ton of land because there was like billboard after billboard, and it was like they were trying to walk you through like the Lord's <laughs> Jesus, I trust in you. I don't know. There was just a couple. There was like it was just like it was just funny. But you know, 
I was just thinking, right? My my I'm 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 in the truck, I'm pulling a trailer. I got I got my two boys in the car, you know, my oldest son, he's sitting in the front, he's got his headphones on, listening to a book on tape. My other son's just in the back eating all the snacks. And my wife's in the got the two girls in 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 the van. So, anyways, I'm just yeah, I'm just in the car, music's on, and I'm just I'm just thinking about this message, right? Of you know, do you know where you'd go when you die? You know, like what's gonna happen in eternity? And I was just thinking, man, I was just like, that's not the right message. Like, I don't mean to be crazy, right? And I don't even mean to like poo somebody else's heart or effort or motivation, because. Look, man, people come to know God legitly from all kinds of different ways. But I was just thinking about, like, um, ideas lead you in a certain direction, right? So, like, a, a, a message, the message that you, that you believe and follow will lead you somewhere. It's got a certain kind of perspective, and that perspective is going to cause you to view the world in certain kind of ways. And so I was just thinking about the destination idea, right? Because typically, like, the things that, that, that follow with, you know, this life is just about the destination, it, it, it kind of gets you into, like, there's no real hope for this life, right? you got to leave earth to go to heaven you got to come out of the world and be separate because the world's toxic, it's bad, it's, it's real, you know, it's gross, and you don't want to touch it, right? You don't want to mess with it. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know the world's going to burn, so don't even waste your time building and creating. Now, this is interesting, right? Because there was a, there were, it was a small period, but there was a period in, in my life where, because we're, we're talking about revelations in this point where it's like the world's going to burn and, you know, it talks about the, the heavens and the earth will get rolled up like a scroll and then there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. And, um, and I just remember thinking about that concept of like, oh man, the world's going to burn. And it's, it, when I thought about that, I lost all sight of purpose. It was like, if it's all just going to go away, if it's all actually bad, if there is nothing like redeemable about this and the only chance for restoration and reconciliation and for becoming brand new, if that's of all the, if the only way that's going to happen is for Jesus to return, right? Then it's like, well, what's the point of being here? What's the point of doing anything because your efforts are just going to get thrown away so what's the point you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah for sure i've totally been there before <laughs> yeah um yeah i remember yeah i remember thinking a long time ago um kind of right out of college i was i was working a job that wasn't really working out and uh i remember going for a run one day and just kind of th- kind of thinking and meditating and i was like I had this thought or I was like, you know, if this is all part of eternity, this is just the hard part that you just kind of got to get through and just suffer through. And then you get to like the, the heaven eternity where it's like, okay, now 
you can relax and be at peace and you can enjoy and do all this, you know, whatever. It's just like, that's the good part of eternity, but this is like the part of eternity that sucks. Like (laughs) all this is just part of eternity. Like if if eternity exists, so we're in eternity now and we're just moving forward through it. Sure. um, Then this is just, I just had this thought, I was just like, this is just the part that sucks then. And I remember, (laughs) I remember telling a friend that and looking back, I just, I had that thought when you were talking about that. I was like, that's the dumbest thing that... (laughs) That you could ever think, because if, if, if you're moving forward in eternity, then why would you stay stagnant if eternity continues forward? So like sure. growth and maturity and progression, it's just the, it's the I, I guess maybe what I'm trying to say is like that's the concept of eternity that just continues to move forward. It continues to move and progress. So if you're not moving forward and progressing and growing and maturing, then you're, you're, you're kind of like wasting eternity. And mm. And so, yeah, I don't know. I guess I just, I had that thought when you were talking about that, just like that yeah. this is the part that sucks, but like, no, this is the part <laughs> where like you can really make some serious progress. Yeah. That's going to matter in the end, whether, whether everything burns or not, it's going to matter. Whatever progress you make is going to matter. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's safe to say that whenever you're marinating on a thought, thinking about a message or just a concept if it causes you to lose all sight of purpose is probably something you should ditch like really quick because that's totally anti life. You know, life, life's life is bent in the direction. It's naturally bent in the direction of growth, development, bearing fruit, reproduction, right? Like everything in nature is bent in that direction. So it's like the opposite of that would be there's no reason to reproduce. There's no reason to learn and develop and grow. Cuz but that but that that statement right there that there's no reason to learn, grow or develop is fascinating because if you believe right if if we get into the idea that it's like all right, in this life you're just broken, you're full of sin, you suck and there's no hope of change there's no purpose to grow if you can't physically change why would you even try like cuz development is about change transformation is about change if you can't actually change there's no reason for effort and it's like that might seem <laughs> this might seem extreme but it's like these ideas, man, play into really kind of like enslaving you. Because if if you think that, that growing in knowledge and understanding is bad, then you're essentially you're going to be enslaved by what you've already been taught and what you've already learned and what you've already kind of experienced, right? Because it's growing in new knowledge, getting new information vetting your old information to find out is that stuff even true, which is extremely important. That's how you kind of like break free. You get a bigger perspective than just the one that maybe you've always had. And it's like those, the, the new ideas expand your mind. It increases the ceiling of what you thought was possible and whatever, man, it gives you these new ideas. Just, they give you access to possibilities and potentials that always existed but you didn't have access to until you had the idea. So yeah, that was kind of like my biggest thought when I was just in the truck driving. I was just thinking, I was like, if, if, 
if all you're trying to do is get off this planet, we're just praying God, you know, asking for Jesus to return, which again, it also says that in Revelations. But if all, if that's all our hope is, right, there's not really a lot of work that you're trying to do here to bring in about any transformation. And there's, there's a lot of, there's two things that like come to mind when I think about trying to escape earth. There's, there's, there's two verses that just, you know, blow up in my mind. And one of them is the parable of the talents. And, you know, you, you got a master who gathers up his three servants, gives them all different amounts of money according to their abilities. And there is this known expectation that you're meant to take this money and you're meant to increase it. So right away, the first two, they go and they put it to work and they both double it. But the third guy doesn't. And he just hides it and whatever. And so the master is gone for a really long time. But then he comes back, gathers up his servants. And then he, he has each one give an account of what they did with what he gave them. And the guy who had nothing to show, like it didn't end well for that guy. And it's like, <clears throat> the point of the parable isn't like to create fear. It's, it's to create this understanding of, it's a picture of what the kingdom of heaven is like, it, that there's things to do here. And when I think about like, just like trying to escape earth to get to heaven, <laughs> It's like, you don't really know what you're asking for because you don't want to, it's like, you don't want to bring back, you know, we're all going to stand before God, right? I mean, and you give an account for your life. It's just like there, a different perspective will be waiting for you. And uh, I can't remember what the second one was, but, but anyways, so if we look at the contrast, right? So that was like some of the ideas that go from um, just a destination mentality, right? But when you think about a transformation, because see, again, transformation, right? That's change. That's becoming something totally different, right? Paul talks about that saying, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? Change the way you think, change your life. And so <clears throat> transformation means that things get better, here on earth. Just like you were saying, it was like eternity. It's like, if everything is about forward movement, then why should we ever be stagnant? And the only reason why you'd ever be stagnant is because of the quality of the information that you have or the lack thereof. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So transformation, right? The, the bringing heaven to earth, right? So we have a role to do here. Like, why you live, it matters what you do, who you become, right? This is about getting, oh, yeah, it's about getting reconnected to our source, right? Because when God, God created the world and he did it on purpose, and he created mankind and he did it on purpose, and we were connected with God and he did it on purpose, and then he gave us duties and responsibilities and he did it on purpose. It's like when you forget about Genesis or just really never get taught it. Cause I mean, I never, I never heard it like when Miles taught it, but it's like when you don't understand why God created the world and the fact that he meant what he did, then it's like being born again doesn't really make any sense. Right. Cause that, that, that's where you get into the, I'm no good, you know, but God is great. But, 
because we don't have any of the context of the beginning and how that was totally and completely on purpose. So another factor of transformation is discovering who we are and discovering like our individual mission here on earth, which has to do with the development of our gift that then you serve to the world, right? It's like you, God gave you something specific to accomplish here on earth, and he, he gave you a gift that gave you the ability to do what he's called you to do on earth. And so that right there, you know, the, your gift, the gift that God gave you and me and us, it was in the form of potential, right? Which potential is like a seed. A seed's like ready to go, but it has to be cultivated. It needs to be in the right environment, and then it, it develops, right? It grows. It matures to the point to then eventually where it bears fruit. You know, Jesus said, he said, you're the light of the world, right? The light of the world. If you're gone from the world, <laughs> are you going to make it a better place? And you think about a light in a dark place, man, that's like, that's adding value. You go into a place of need and you freaking bring a solution. That's beautiful. Because there's change. Change is real. It's possible. You think long-term strategies, because this is interesting. Because it, if we think that it's like, all right, it's all going to burn. Everything's toxic. Business is bad. Money is bad. Everything is bad. Desires are bad. That one's crazy. If those are all bad, then we're not, we don't want to touch anything. But when we think about like, oh, wait, our role as kingdom ambassadors is to manifest the, the kingdom of heaven on earth, then we got to think long term, right? It's like the things that we're learning and growing in and developing and learning how to use in real life, it's like these are the things I'm teaching my kids, right? And these are the things I want to teach other people. I don't want my kids or their kids to have to rediscover what we have been discovering, right? I want my kids to know what we know and how to use it and train them to use it so that they can go further than we ever did. But if they have to spend their entire life rediscovering everything we discovered, right, then we, what's the point? But it's like, yeah, when you think about transformation, you think about long-term being on earth, then you think about setting up the next generation. Yeah, I guess I've just been yeah, thinking a lot too about the that concept of thinking the long-term and doing things now that um have that will produce fruit, you know, in the in the long term and um yeah, Michelle and I were kind of just thinking, talking about that today, just like, you know, we're, we're, we're not, we were, we were talking about the holidays and stuff and, and gifts and all that and, you know, getting stuff for people and stuff. And anyways, we were just talking about like, we're not living like, like maybe based on past experiences that you've had, we're not living for like, oh, we just, you know, we know we have this job that provides security that we'll do for 30 years, retire and be fine. It's like we're living to set up the next generation to to leave a legacy to, you know, produce good things or whatever. And it's just like 
that requires a different mindset that requires like being a different person, changing, transforming, you know, not just, you know, starting with your thoughts, but then like letting that transform your, your actions and your emotions and all that stuff. So it's like, yeah, when you start thinking long-term, you start with that thought and then you can start to, you know, plan out what to do as far as actions and, and whatever decisions and stuff to, I guess, start to achieve that and progress towards that. But, um, yeah, just going off what you were talking about, you know, long-term thinking and, 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 and things like that, getting, you know, just thinking differently than what, you know, the rest of the world's thinking, because the rest of the world's thinking short-term. That's just, it's always, it's short-term gain, it's short-term, you know, desires, it's short-term things. And so, yeah, I think to, to change, I guess, to transform part of, you know, your thinking, it's, it's, you know, part of it starts with thinking in a different manner, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I was just even thinking, it's like, all right, 100 years ago, right? I mean, these microphones didn't exist, these headphones, <laughs> these recorders, this phone, we're looking at each other. Because, because somebody had an idea and then put forth the work to turn that idea into reality, right? In this book, As a Man Thinketh, in one of the chapters, he's just talking about sacrifice and how there's no achievement without sacrifice. You know, just because, I mean, it takes time. It takes mental energy and focus, and, like, you have to develop focus, right? It's like, uh, it's it's not always an easy road, and everybody's, oh, it's hard, but that's not what I, I don't mean, like, I don't mean that. I just mean, like, it it... It just, it takes effort to achieve things. And, but so somebody at some point, you know, first created a microphone, you know, and it's developed and changed and adapt and, and, you know, in, uh, it's not invention. What's the other one? Not an invention, but a. Totally. It starts with the in. Anyways. Whatever, where you you take something that already exists and you make it better, you add something innovative. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, but it's just like because people were thinking, they weren't they were thinking long term or they they won't they weren't just thinking, "Hey, I'm not going to put any forth effort because it's not going to matter." Like what people have done, like we are living we are living with, like it's making our lives better. I mean, I we you know how easy is it for all of us in America, at least, to have multiple multiple cars, multiple vehicles, right? I mean, that's the byproduct of other people's energy and efforts. And it's just like, you know, what you do, it, it matters. I mean, the you know, Miles said it. It's like the fact that you're alive is proof that you hold something that this generation needs. Whatever it is, it doesn't have to be a microphone or a car or whatever, but there's something that you hold that this generation needs, and it matters that you put it out. I mean, everything I've learned from Miles Monroe has been since he's been dead. I mean, you want to talk about leaving a legacy and doing enough work while you're alive that your message continues to go out even after you're gone. I mean, that guy wrote a ton of books, recorded a ton of stuff, seminars all over the place, because he believed that what he was doing mattered. 
And that's part of the transformation. It's like what you do matters because change is possible. So, yeah, the message that you follow leads you in a certain direction. So our message, right, is forward movement. It's transformation. It's growth. It's development. It's having influence. It's living on purpose. And so a big part of this life here on earth is development. Development is massively necessary. It's, it's development is to cause to grow and become more mature, advanced, and elaborate. It's necessary, man. And so a big part of development is study and learning. You know, Jesus said, uh, he said, those who seek, find. He also said, seek first the kingdom right? And he's talking about like the government, right? Because his whole message was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's upon you. It's arrived. And Miles taught us that to seek means to learn, study, explore, and understand. So it's like these things that you're looking for, you'll find if you keep looking for them. And so a big part of development is reading. And so this is this is why we want to introduce you guys for those of you who haven't read this book yet, we want to introduce you to this book because it's legit, and I've been rereading it. Um, so this is As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. This was written in the early 1900s, so not going to lie, there's been a lot of words I've looked up. But, um, but don't let that scare you. And we're going to introduce it to you right here. This is a, it's, it's 28 pages. And uh, the section we're reading right now is called Thought and Purpose, and it's, you know, two pages. But, man, this stuff is just, it's glorious. So we're just going to read a little bit, talk about it. This is As a Man Thinketh by James Ellen, Thought and Purpose. Let's hit it. Until thought is linked with purpose... There is no intelligent accomplishment. With the majority, the bark of thought is allowed to drift upon the ocean of life. Aimlessness is a vice, and such drifting must not continue for him who would steer clear of catastrophe and destruction. This first, the opening sentence, right? Until thought is linked with purpose, there's no intelligent accomplishment. Purpose is like, it's so necessary for intentional living. Like intentional living is all about having a picture of what it is that you want to create, who it is you want to become. You have to have that in order to start thinking in certain ways of like, all right, what does it actually look like to create that? You've got to have a picture of who you want to become and what you want to do. So with the majority... The bark of thought is allowed to drift upon the ocean of life. Aimlessness is a vice. What's a vice? That's like um, an addiction to be aimless. Such drifting must not continue. Drifting is like uh, if you're in a raft out in the ocean and you're just, I'm just going to let the, the wind and the current push me wherever it wants to go, right? That's not intentional living. That's like, that's just being at the mercy of the circumstances of life. 
there was this um, minute with Maxwell. John Maxwell does this like um, morning, I don't know, you know, it's like two minute little video. They'll shoot it to you Monday through Friday. Otherwise, it's on YouTube. But anyways, there was this um, there was this quote, and it said, "If you it was some to the extent it's like if you don't intentionally work towards creating the future you want, you have to just exist. You have to just accept the one that comes to you. If you don't intentionally create work towards creating the future that you want, then you have to just accept the one that comes." We were created to affect change and create the circumstances that we want, that we can see. That's why we have our mind. All right, next paragraph. They who have no central purpose in life fall an easy prey to petty worries, fears, troubles, and self-pityings, all of which are indicators of weakness, which lead just as surely as deliberately planned sins though by a different route, to failure, unhappiness, and loss. For weakness cannot persist in a power-evolving universe. Yeah, that last part, weakness cannot persist in a power-evolving universe, kind of like that if you're not progressing, you're degressing. Um, Yeah, it's just like it's... um, I think of the like the laws of the laws of the universe that you know we operate by. It's like, um, yeah, you know, one of one of I guess what he's saying is there's a there's a law that you know with no purpose, these are your results. Like a lack of purpose is still going to produce results. It's just not going to be good results. It's not going to be <laughs> beneficial results, but your results will be petty worries and being afraid and not knowing what to do and a lack of decision. And so, yeah, no purpose or thought of purpose is still going to reap a result or a consequence. Um, it's just going to be the consequences that nobody wants and everyone complains about. Totally. Yeah, well, I always think, you know, it's like, it's just like, it reinforces, you know, the concept that we talk about is like people who overemphasize sin and like that's the only thing they ever talk about and live in. It ends up being like their never ending struggle. But it's like this right here, right? They who have a central purpose in their life. Oh, no, sorry. They who have no central purpose in life fall easy prey. You become the prey to petty worries, fears, troubles, and self-pityings. When you have purpose and your thought is linked up with it, that's where your energy goes. It goes towards accomplishment. It goes towards like, you. oh, I got this project. And maybe you like to procrastinate, but so what? The thing that's still in the back of your mind is like, I freaking need to do something with this project that's in my mind, right? It's like, that's it's the thing that 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 consumes you is your purpose in a, in a good way versus like, if you don't have that, if you don't have something productive and beneficial to focus on, then what are you focusing on? That's why you, you become a, an easy prey to just the, the petty worries and fears and troubles, the different circumstances, situations, because you don't, you don't have something solid that you're, you're looking at and focusing on. So you're just like, Oh, what's out here? You know? And it's just like, that's fine for a little while, but too much of that, man, you get, <laughs> yeah, 
you might you might get way off course. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. You want to read this next paragraph? Yeah. A man should c- conceive of a legitimate purpose in his heart and set out to accomplish it. He should make this purpose the centralizing point of his thoughts. It may take the form of a spiritual ideal or it may be a worldly object according to his nature at the time being. But whichever it is, he should steadily focus his thought forces upon the object which he has set before him. He should make this purpose his supreme duty and should devote himself to its attainment, not allowing his thoughts to wander away into ephemeral fancies, longings, and imaginings. This is the royal road to self-control and true concentration of thought. Even if he fails again and again to accomplish his purpose, as he necessarily must until weakness is overcome, the strength of character gained will be the measure of his true success, and this will form a new starting point point for future power and triumph. Oh yeah, what'd you think of that one? Yeah, when I read that one, the the last sentence was like uh, it rang true, um, and still is ringing in my ears true, but. Um, the even if he fails again and again to accomplish his purpose, and then that parenthesis there is what what put a uh, um, really really struck me like lightning. As he necessarily must until weakness is overcome. So it's like it's like uh, I don't know. I just thinking back over the year, it's just like at things that I had to that was I was forced to learn. It's like in the moment you see them as failure, but it's like, it's just that necessary, um, that necessary pain or whatever to weed out the weaknesses. And and I can see that now looking back, but it, that part, I guess, out of that whole paragraph is what that little parenthesis there is like the, the failure or what you perceive as failure is necessary so that you can weed out the weaknesses. And when you look back, it's not really failure at all. It's just what was necessary to um, you know, develop your character and, and develop your strength and really test and refine the, the purpose that you're thinking about. So that part really got me. Yeah. Yeah, well, I always love when anybody else says, you know, that weakness is something to be overcome. <laughs> Some people talk about weakness as like that's the only option. You know, I, w- I would say weakness is like, well, Weakness is like a descriptive word to describe a specific kind of state. And the only reason why you really need like a, a descriptive word is that there's more than one way to describe something or there's more than one state you can possess. And weakness is really just like the, the byproduct of neglect. You know, if you neglect the use of something, you know, especially like a, you know, anything on your own body, your mind, your thoughts, your muscles, you, if you... If you neglect them and stop using them, right, weakness develops. But weakness is a choice, is not destiny. So I always love it when somebody says it's something to be overcome. And so, but I I also love the whole point of he strikes out and he says, um, Right, a man should conceive of a legitimate purpose in his heart and set out to accomplish it. He should make his purpose the centralizing point of his thoughts, right? So that's what we were talking about. You have something specific that you're trying to achieve. 
And that's the thing that's going to like where your thoughts are kind of going to be constantly moving towards, which that's the safeguard. If you don't have that centralizing purpose, then yeah, well, you're just looking for entertainment and a little entertainment's not bad. You flip through too much stuff for too long, too often, like you'll end up in a hole. So having just because that's just because it's a misuse of your mind, if you, you were born for purpose. You were born to work. I don't just mean a job. I mean your purpose. You were born for it. And so it's like when when aimlessness becomes the habit and, and way of life, then negative things start to happen. But that's just because it's a misuse of your, your energy. So he goes on. He's like, um, you should have a centralizing purpose, right? And he says... It may take the form of a spiritual idea or be a worldly object. According to his nature, his or her nature at the time being, I love this. Because when we talk about teaching kingdom principles, but just like in the middle of the world, in the middle of society, right? This is like this whole book, I feel like just does it so well. So he's like, look, this whole process is going to increase your strength of character. And it's also how you create, what did he say? Self-control. This is the royal road to self-control and true concentration of thought, right? This is development of your mental faculties, of your will, of your ability to get things done, to create the things that, that you're picturing in your mind. So he says it could be a spiritual idea or it could just be a worldly object Either way, it doesn't matter. Whichever it is, he should steadily focus his thought forces upon the object, which he sets before him. He should make this purpose his supreme duty and should devote himself to its attainment, not allowing his thoughts to wander away to ephemeral fancies, longings, and imaginings. That word ephemeral, I don't even know if that's if you say that right, but it's like short, quick, fancies, longings, and imaginings. I can get distracted pretty easy. Like I can create the desire to like buy something that I don't even need. Like I, you know, like just like the short, quick, like I, I don't even need that, but I could get excited about it. So he says, not allowing your thoughts to wander away to these, sh- these short and these quick fancies, longings and imaginings because they're just distractions. So by learning to kind of like, cause this, this is the whole process that you're learning to focus you have an object you're trying to obtain. There's a process and a way that you're that will allow you to obtain whatever it is you want to attain. You just have to go through it. And he says, this is the royal road to self-control and true concentration of thought. And he said, even if he fails again and again to accomplish his purpose, right? I mean, you ever, you know, you set out, then you're like, ah, talk yourself out of it, get distracted feel stupid, whatever, whatever. You just, you, you, you start moving on something and then you, you take a a brief pause and your brief pause turns into a long pause, but then you get up and you get restarted. Even if he fails again and again to accomplish his purpose as he necessarily must until weakness is overcome, you're getting distracted by ephemeral fancies and longings and imaginings. And then you freaking get over it and you get back into it. That's the process. He says, 
Then he's like, the strength of character gained will be the measuring of the true success, and it will be, it will form a new starting point for future power and triumph. So that's not like, it's not the end. It's like, all right, now you accomplish that. Now what's next? What's the next picture? What's the next thing? And so he, he continues with this, this whole idea of like, you know, maybe maybe you're not in a spot where you want to pursue a, a, a great uh, spiritual ideal. <laughs> maybe you don't even really want a, a, a worldly object. He's like, all right, nobody panic. Those who are not prepared for the apprehension of a great purpose should fix the thoughts upon the faultless performance of their duty, no matter how insignificant their task may appear. Only in this way can the thoughts be gathered, focused, and resolution and energy be developed. Which being done, there is nothing which may not be accomplished." I just, I love, I love the three, the, like the three steps, like the three options. It's like, all right, here, here's what we're after. It's like vision, purpose, like life purpose, spiritual ideal. All right, maybe you're not there, but we still need to develop concentration of thought and self-control, right? That this is, this is a king. These are kingdom principles and realities, their functions of how you were created to live. So we need to develop these. So, all right, maybe you're not ready for like a, here's what I want to do. No problem. Maybe there's something you want. Let's figure out, let's create a plan. This is going to be the new vision. This is going to be the thing you're working towards is create a plan on how to work that. And he's like, all right, maybe you're not there either. Then if that's the case, you should fix your thoughts upon the faultless performance of your duties. No matter where you're at in life, there's a starting point for growth. There's a starting point for, for the constant to develop your will, right? Which is your ability to accept or reject any idea, exert yourself to accomplish something, or restrain yourself from doing something, right? So not allowing your thoughts to go to ephemeral fancies, longing, or imagining, but instead... You, you focus your thought forces upon the object that you're trying to accomplish. This is, this is fabulous. Only in this way can the thoughts be gathered and focused and resolution and energy be developed, which by being done, there is nothing that may not be accomplished. Like this is the process for developing focus and discipline the faultless performance of your duty, no matter how insignificant, mopping the floor, cleaning the toilet, whatever, whatever it is you're doing, the faultless performance, how can I do this better? What else needs to be done? How else could I make this environment better? Right? The faultless performance of whatever your duties are. You could be at home. You could be, you know, a mom at home with the kids. Uh, you could be a single guy just chilling. Whatever, whatever, whatever it is you're doing, it's like what you just start thinking about. How can I become more valuable? Like that's what's actually happening as you think about performing your duties to the best of your abilities. Then, like thinking, well, how could I make this better? 
You just, you, you just, all your, your thoughts, you're developing your creative muscles and juices to start imagining not just seeing what is, but what could be and what you could do about it. Like, this is like, this is beautiful. Oh, I love this part. The weakest soul. Okay, we're, we're, we might be going down to a whole nother level here. The weakest soul, knowing its own weakness and believing this truth, that strength can only be developed by effort and practice, will, thus believing, at once begin to exert itself and adding effort to effort, patience to patience, and strength to strength will never cease to develop and will at last grow divinely strong. I guess what keeps coming back to mind is just these, all these concepts are just like, they're just laws. They're, um, you know, if you understand and recognize your own weakness, um, but if you believe this truth that strength uh, can be developed by effort and, and practice and patience, and then when you start to do those things and exert, like just beginning to exert yourself, which which means you just by doing that, you start to create some kind of momentum. You start to produce some kind of kinetic energy because you're moving. So when you start to be, exert yourself and you start adding effort to effort, patience to patience, practice to practice, rep after rep, um, then the then development has by law has to uh, be the result. So like growth and development has to by law be the result. Um, and, and continuing to do that, I guess I'm just kind of rewording this paragraph, but by continuing to do that, then you can reach this you know, divine strength where what you used to be knocked around by, you're no longer knocked around by, or what you used to think was impossible, um, now you're, you're there, you're living it or whatever. Um, yeah, so, <clears throat> yeah, I think, I think just like in that last paragraph too, it's like, I, I guess I was reminded of that you know, whatever that verse or saying is like that, um, if you can be trusted with a little bit, then you can be trusted with a lot. So if you don't have a lot, then maybe look at what little bit you have and start to be trusted with it. So like doing that, that faultless performance of your duty, uh, whatever that duty is, even if it is insignificant. So like, um, yeah, so just developing that duty or whatever it is and, 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 uh, you know, understanding that if you if if you're looking at your life and you like, okay, I, I think um, I, you're you're understanding your weaknesses, then you can start to obtain that a lot that you can be trusted with. If you can start to be trusted with a little that you have, but to get from point A trusted with a little to point B trusted with a lot, it takes that recognizing the weakness, understanding how to produce strength and develop strength. Um, and then exerting and, and producing momentum and movement. Absolutely. <laughs> so the I think it just gets, go ahead. I think I just reread that paragraph, but just added sixty thousand words to it. But that was um, good. I loved it. Loved every part of it. The weakest soul, knowing its own weakness and believing this truth. That strength can only be developed by effort and practice. Will thus believing at once begin to exert itself and adding effort to effort, 
patience to patience and strength to strength will never cease to develop and will at last grow divinely strong. So beautiful. But it's like the key is you got to believe this truth. That strength, one, can be developed, and two, it's only by effort and practice. It won't just come to you. As the physically weak man can make himself strong by careful and patient training, so the man of weak thoughts can make them strong by exercising himself in right thinking. This is fabulous. To put away... Freaking put it in the drawer, shut it, then burn the cabinet. To put away aimlessness and weakness and to begin to think with purpose is to enter the ranks of those strong ones who only recognize failure as one of the pathways to attainment. To make all conditions serve them and who think strongly, attempt fearlessly, and accomplish masterfully. To put away aimlessness and weakness is to begin to think with purpose, right? Because if you're going to put away aimlessness, that means you got to have some kind of aim. So we're either talking about, I know where I'm going and what I'm doing, or there's something I want and there's work I need to do to be able to achieve it, or whatever I'm doing, I'm just going to freaking, I'm going to make it just like, beautiful. I love what he said, you know, he's like, he, uh, he says, no matter how insignificant the task may appear, may appear. No, there's no task that's like insignificant. I mean, everything is an opportunity to develop, to, to add something beautiful to it. To put away aimlessness and weakness is to begin to think with purpose. It's to enter the rank, the ranks of those strong ones who only recognize failure as the pathway to attainment, which I feel like that's what you were talking about earlier, who make all conditions serve them. I love this, right? Right, because this goes back to that quote. It's like, if you're not intentionally working towards creating the future you want, then you have to just accept the one that is, right? And that's just like, you know, it's like you, you have no... You believe you have no really control over the circumstances, which you can't necessarily control everything that happens, but you can absolutely affect change and influence to create the outcome and the circumstances you want. And so right here, it's like you make all conditions serve you. You think strongly, attempt fearlessly, and accomplish masterfully. Having conceived... Of his purpose, a man or woman should mentally mark out a straight pathway to achievement. This is also in Proverbs. Looking neither to the right or to the left. Doubts and fears should be rigorously excluded. They are disintegrating elements which break up the straight line of effort, rendering it cro crooked, ineffectual, and useless. Thoughts of doubt and fear never accomplish anything and never can. They always lead to failure. Purpose, energy, power to do, and all strong thoughts cease when doubt 
and fear creep in? Yeah, I think I think it's just um, attributing to the strength of doubts and fears, the vices of doubt and fears that that those things can become an addiction or a vice or whatever, and that they're actually strong enough to throw off any progress, um, um, any energy and purpose that you might be, you know, growing and cultivating that actually doubt and fear can, can, it does have the, you know, potential to throw that off. And so it's, so I guess it's just important to recognize what those, you know, when those creep in, because they're going to creep in, it's important to recognize them because they, and not take them lightly, like, oh, you know, I, 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 you know, I won't be afraid of this, or I'll just go and do this or whatever. But it's, and when you, when you start to do something that, you know, or whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing, it's just like, whatever you're progressing towards doubt and fear, um, will, will eventually at some point, you know, start to creep in. And it's, it's not, they're not to be taken lightly because they do have the potential to, um, throw you off course. Um, yeah, I think when you can, but when you can like control, like the first, the first couple pages, I think of this book are like about controlling those vices or addictions or whatever. When you can master them, then you can start mastering the results and the conditions and the environment. And, um, yeah, so doubts and fears are one, not to be taken lightly, but two are something to be mastered so that you can start to dictate the conditions around you. Yeah, well, you know, it starts out, it's like, so having conceived his purpose, a man should mentally mark out a straight pathway to its achievement. A straight pathway, right? These are the things I need to do to achieve that. Looking neither to the right nor to the left. What's on the right and the left? (laughs) (laughs) Doubts and fears, maybe. Doubts and fears should be rigorously excluded. I mean, like, you got to put in the effort to ditch those thoughts. You think, oh, maybe I should do this, and then bam, here's why that's not going to work. Here's what, you know, you're just imagining. It's just speculation in your mind. You're like, oh, here's how this person's going to respond. They're not even going to like it. They're going to shut me down right away. Those are thoughts of fear and doubt. That's you, yeah. that's you using your imagination to picture things not working out, which is what creates anxiety, creates fear. It's the byproduct of the quality of the ideas you're thinking. If you have the ability, remember, the will is your ability to accept or reject any idea. Then reject all the ideas that picture you failing and start picturing yourself succeeding. If you're like, well, you know, what if they ask me a question I don't know? I don't know. What do you think the question could be? Study. Like, what are you going to do to prepare yourself? Worry. Thoughts of doubt and fear never accomplished anything and never can. So, you know, you know, people say, well, you know, worrying's my job. Like, <laughs> sorry, you don't you don't understand what you just said right there. Thoughts of doubt and fear never accomplish anything. It's not going to help you. They're not. These aren't thing. These aren't your friends. You don't want to like embrace these. Give them the nice seat on the couch. Let them sit with you at dinner. You know, these are not the things you want to feed off of in your imagination. Thoughts of doubt and fear. You know, he's he calls them disintegrating elements which break up the straight line of effort, rendering it crooked, ineffectual, and useless, right? The goal was to mark out a straight pathway to your attainment, looking neither to the right or to the left, right? We're just talking about 
being focused, keeping your eye on the prize and working towards it. And fears and doubts, these things will attempt to distract you. These are the things that will help fuel procrastination. And sometimes procrastination just because you don't want to do it, but sometimes it's because you're afraid to do it. And it's like the more and more you give into that fear, the more and more you kind of you're giving it a place in your mind and in your emotions. So they should be rigorously, I mean, with effort, much effort, they should be excluded, ditched, burned, gotten rid of. And here's why. He says, the will to do springs from the knowledge that we can do. Doubt and fear are the great enemies of knowledge. He who encourages them, who does not slay them, thwarts himself at every step. The will to do springs from the knowledge that we can do, right? You go back to um, the weakest soul knowing his own weakness and believing this truth that strength can only be developed by effort and practice. The will to do, the will to exert yourself to accomplish this. The will to do springs from the knowledge that you can do, right? So, I mean, if if we go back to, like, the destination message where you think, well, change is impossible. We're just sinners. We're broken. And our only hope is to get out of this earth. And when Jesus comes and we meet him, then we'll be fully restored, which there's some truth to that. But they're just excluding all the development and the purpose that goes on here. The power, the will to do comes from the knowledge that you can do. The only reason why you would work towards development and growth and maturity is because change is a real thing. The will to do springs from the knowledge that you can do. So if you think you can't, you won't. It's not necessarily because you lack the capacity or the ability. It's because you become what you continue to think about. So if you think I can't, then you won't. It's not because you can't. It's just because you won't, because you believe you can't. (laughs) It's a bit of an enigma. Doubt and fear are the great enemies of this knowledge. And he who encourages them, the doubt and fear, who does not slay them, thwarts himself at every step. He who has conquered doubt and fear has conquered failure. His every thought is allied with power, and all difficulties are bravely met and wisely overcome. His purposes are seasonably planted, and they blossom and bring forth fruit, which does not fall prematurely to the ground. That's Psalm 1. Thought allied fearlessly to purpose becomes creative force. He who knows this is ready to become something higher and stronger than a mere bundle of wavering thoughts and fluctuating sensations. He who does this has become the conscious and intelligent wielder of his mental powers. Hot dang. I just think, I guess what comes to mind first is that like there's... Becoming the conscious and intelligent wielder of of your mental powers is like, it's just a testament to, like, there's so much more than what you understand, that that maybe what you could 
understand. Like, no, I don't want to say that. There's so much more than what, you know, maybe we're taught, I guess, maybe what we're, what we, maybe what we do understand at a certain time, but, um, there's so much more power and energy and, and, and frequency and things that, you know, are going on that like you have the full ability to tap into the potential and all that you have the full ability to. And it's like, um, but there's some, there's some, um, you know, predecessors to that. Like you have to, what precedes that or what's before that is, you know, combining thought with, you know, fearless attempts and, and maybe some risk and, um, you know, masterful, masterfully paying attention to the small things and things like that. So, um, yeah, there is, I guess, what I guess what I'm thinking is it's like, there's no matter what you're taught or what the world's kind of doing, whether it just kind of looks like they're wandering aimlessly or whatever. And, you know, people are just, you know, consumed by their thoughts, they're controlled by their thoughts and emotions, and that's just how it is. But it's like, no, there's something actually, um, higher and, and, you know, um, there's a, there's a higher, you know, level of, of energy and being that exists that is, you have the full power to, uh, you know, tap into. And, um, yeah, I just think like going back to that last, that a couple of paragraphs ago where it's just like, it lays out these three basic principles, like, um, to get where you want to get, it starts with strong thinking and then fearless attempts. And then, um, you know, masterfully paying attention to the details and, and, you know, putting small accomplishments into bigger accomplishments. And then, um, you start to see this purpose take, you know, you know, become matter and become reality. Um, but yeah, I like that first, I like that first sense that when you ally thought, um, with a fearless mentality, like a no fear mentality, um, then you, you start to develop this creative force. So like, and then going back to you know a paragraph before, so like that you can you, that creative force is like understanding that you can do something, and that produces the momentum. So like this fearless, fearless thought um, starts to you know produce this creative force, which then produces momentum with this ability that you this this knowledge that you can do something, which then produces you know the result. Yeah. That's just like that. That's development, right? That's growing and maturing, like starting to understand. Like that's the whole thing about it. it's like you you said it perfectly. You know, it's like there's a lot more that we have access to. There's a lot. There's a lot for us to become that we have the capacity, and I say the obligation to become. But it's like a lot of these things, like we were never taught. And I don't mean to be a victim or blame somebody else. I just, you just can't share knowledge you don't have. This is why studying is so important. And I don't just mean like reading anything, but like <laughs> reading like these high quality books, man, where people, you know, people will spend their whole lives on a subject. And they'll freaking, they'll put it in a book that you could read in a week if you wanted to, or a month or a couple months, whatever. You're taking like, they're taking like the highlights and like the, the, the tested ideas that they've had and they're, they're give, they're just downloading it for you to take and use. And so, yeah, this is why development is so important. 
And it's like, you know, there's that other proverb that says, you know, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of a king to seek it out. It's like, there's man, there's things to find. There's things to learn that you didn't know even existed. But once you find them, you're like, I can't believe I ever lived without this knowledge. Yeah. I, this, yeah. This was beautiful. He who has conquered doubt and fear has conquered failure. What is failure, really? Totally and utterly quitting. Which is what doubt and fear will aim for you to do. His every thought is allied with power. Not mixed with doubt and fear. It's allied with power. Because you conquered doubt and fear. So now you don't have all these thoughts that it's like you got this antagonistic mental uh, wrestling match, right? You're like, okay, I want to do this, but he's like, well, I don't know if I should. Meh, you know, but I want to do this, but I would have, you know, you know, you, you, you just got like, I want to do it. And then you've got this other perspective of like, I want to not do it or I want to. You got this anchor in the ground that says, no, don't move. But he was conquered doubt and fear has conquered failure. His every thought is allied with power and all difficulties are bravely met and wisely overcome. His purposes are seasonably planted and and they bloom and bring forth fruit which does not fall prematurely to the ground. Thought allied fearlessly to purpose becomes creative force. He who knows this is ready to become something higher and stronger than a mere bundle of wavering thoughts and fluctuating sensations. The wavering thoughts and fluctuating sensations, right? That's that's somebody who's scattered. You know, um, it was uh, Earl Nightingale in Lead the Field who talks about, it's like, if you if your thoughts are circular and chaotic. It'll be reflected in your environment because your environment is a is a reflection of of you. Of you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, he who knows this is ready to become something higher and stronger than a mere bundle of, of wavering thoughts and fluctuating sensations. He who does this has become a conscious and intelligent wielder of his mental powers, which means that you're not just like you take stock of how you think and how you feel and you wonder why am I feeling like that and do I have to feel like that? Some people think, you know, worry and anxiety, it's been with them so long they think God made them like that. But if you read the Bible, Jesus said, why would you worry if you can't even add, uh, you know, an inch to your height or change the color of your hair with worry? If you can't do something that simple, <laughs> then, why? then it's useless. So anyways, but it's like when you when you start to take stock, like self-awareness of why you're thinking what you're thinking, he who does this has become the conscious and intelligent wielder of his mental powers. So we're not just distracted. We're not just stuck on ephemeral fancies and longings and imaginings. We're not just looking for entertainment. We're not just looking to pass the time. There's things that we were put on this earth to create and produce. There was, there's problems that you were just born to solve. These are the things that we get into. And these are the things that you will totally and utterly find fulfillment in 
because it was what you were created for. So my good peoples, this was thought and purpose out of the book As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. You should pick this book up. It's 28 pages, and I'm pretty sure it's like two bucks on Amazon. Get it and read it, and then reread it. Underline it, make notes, look up the words, and just happy growing and development. (laughs) My good peoples, until next time, peace!